Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. But, amen. I, I want to preach this morning. If you would allow me, amen. And I'm going to ask you, if you have your Bibles, to turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel 16. And when you have it, you can, you can say amen. I, I also have it up here. It's 1 Samuel 16, 10 through 13. Amen. amen. You always know who the, who the fast ones are. They, they, read the, they read their Bibles, right? Sometimes, if you got it on your phone, sometimes Wi-Fi is a little slow, right? Um, but 1 Samuel 16, give me a, give me a second. Take this off real quick. Holy Ghost fire, making me, <laughs> amen. You have it, church, amen. First Samuel 16, 10 through 13, and it says this, it says, and Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit until he comes here. And he sent and brought him in, and now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of its brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward, and Samuel rose up and he went to Ramah. Amen. Let's pray over this word. Heavenly Father, I thank you, my God, because I know that you have spoken this word already to your servant, Father God. And I pray, Lord, that that as as it's presented and delivered here this morning, that it may not be from me, my God, but from you, Father God. I pray, Lord, that this word uh, pierce the depths of our spirits, my God, and bring conviction, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I entitled my sermon today, Anointing Activated. Anointing activated. Anybody anointed by the Lord? Anybody been anointed by the Holy Spirit? I, I want to piggyback a little bit off of last Sunday because, man, God, God did something last week that, that I think served as a shift for many, many of you, many people. An anointing was placed over your life. And in that moment, you were, you were set apart. You were consecrated for a very special God-given purpose. I was reminded... Last week, I remember when I was, I was probably 11, 12 years old, I had started, um, I, I was interested in learning how to play an instrument, so I was going to learn the piano, and I, I just, I remember having such a hunger just to do the will of God, such a hunger just to be used by God in whatever capacity he, he wanted to use me in, and, and so I remember being here, I was standing right here, these same altars, 11, 12 years old, and there was a minister who came and, and he spoke and God spoke through him and he spoke a word into my life. And I remember my hands were, were raised and he touched my hands and he took some oil and he says, I anoint your hands because they are going to serve as, as a method to be used for God's glory. Your hands. In that moment, there was an anointing over my hands that was activated. Now, 
I didn't go to the keyboard last night and started playing like, like my grandma Liz, man. She, man, she could play the piano, man. And if, if you remember her, she, had, she, was, she was a beautiful woman and she played the piano just beautifully. I went home that night and I was like practicing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Like that's all I knew how to play, right? But in that moment, the anointing was activated. And, and I believe a lot of that happened last week, right? God, God spoke a word. He, he spoke an anointing over your life. And, and maybe it didn't happen last week. Maybe, maybe you left last week and you're like, man, God didn't speak into my life. Can I tell you that God still has plans for you? Can I tell you that God still speaks? Can I tell you that you can pick this thing up? Anytime you want, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to speak into your life. This is the saving work of God that reveals right here, right here. God still has plans for you. Now, before we begin talking about the anointing, I want us to have a, a biblical understanding of what anointing is. Because, you know, in the Bible, anointing speaks kind of of different things. A lot of times you'll, you'll see anointing happening when... Uh, when someone is, is putting oil over someone's wounds, right? It, it, it's a, it was used for medicinal purposes. They would, they would put oil on, on a wound, right? I like to think that, you know, Hispanic moms, they, they like to anoint their kids with Vicks, right? There's a mosquito bite, ponte Vicks, right? <laughs> anoint yourself, right? Um, so so that was, that was one of the, the, the methods of anointing. Another one was they used it for embalming dead bodies. They would anoint dead bodies. They would pour oil over their head. And so it had many uses. Now, the way that we think about anointing and, I, and the way that I believe God thinks about anointing, it has much to do with consecration, to be set apart for a specific purpose. When you are anointed by God, God is setting you aside for something greater. Amen. That's... That's the, the anointing that we're speaking about this morning. When, when I first started playing the piano, I remember here, here at the church, we had, bought, uh, we had bought a keyboard, a brand new keyboard. It was, it was massive. It was like this wide. It had built-in speakers, very, very heavy. And before the Sunday that, that I was going to play it, I remember uh, Pastor Gallegos, he, he was an associate pastor here before going and, and, and starting uh, a church. But I remember he, he came up uh, to the keyboard and he had some oil and he, he, he anointed the keyboard and then he began to pray over the keyboard. And I remember thinking, just honest, honest, I remember thinking, why is he praying over an inanimate object? Why is he praying over something that has no life? It has no will to do good or evil. It's, it's, it's just, it's just a tool. Why, why is he, why is he praying over it? And then Later, I realized that he wasn't praying over it. He was anointing it as he was setting it aside for a specific purpose, that any note that would come from that keyboard was a note that was going to be glorifying to God. It was a commitment to use that tool for that specific purpose. That's what it was. And, and we see this in scripture as well. We see anointing of, of objects. So if you read Gen, uh, Genesis 28, Jacob, uh, on his way, he's fleeing from his brother Esau. Esau is trying to, to kill him. And, and Jacob, on his journey out, he finds a stone. It's a rock, and, and he sleeps on it. He, he, he takes a nap. And then that, that evening, 
uh, he's, he has his dream that there is a ladder coming from the place where he's sleeping and it's going all the way to the heavens. And he sees angels coming up and down the ladder. And on the very top, he sees God. And he wakes up the next morning and he's like, surely this is the presence of God, the house of God. He calls it Bethel. And, and what he does, he anoints the rock. He pours oil over the stone as a, as a method of consecrating the land. And then in Exodus 30, Moses is told to make anointing oil. And and it says, with it, you shall anoint the tent of meeting and the ark of the covenant and the table and all of its utensils and the lampstand of the altar of incense and the burnt offering. You shall consecrate them that they may be the most holy. Whatever touches them will become holy. Whatever is set apart specifically for God and used for that specific purpose Now, the thing doesn't have power, but because it's been set apart by God, God can do some things. I have a a Bible that that sits in my desk, and it's in Spanish, and, you know, my Spanish isn't the greatest. You say, Pastor Ryan, why do you you have it in there? It was a a Bible that belonged to to my grandpa, Reverendo Joe Salazar. He pastored here for, what, 25, 30 years. And it, 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 was, it, was, it was his Bible. And I, I just have it sitting there because, man, I, I know that some awesome messages were brought out of that sermon, out of that, that Bible. I know that, I know that you know, my, my grandpa got up here and he, I mean, the Bible's really thick, man. He probably used it and, and he probably waved it around and, 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 and spoke life with it. The power of God moves over things that, that are set apart specifically for for his use. The Bible also talks about in Acts, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I'm trying to make a point. The Bible talks about in Acts, I I think it's Acts, I don't know, 19 or something like that, the Apostle Paul, he would use these handkerchiefs when, when he was healing the sick, and, and, and it says that, that uh, the disciples, right, not, not Paul himself, but they would take the handkerchief of, that Saul used and, and they would take it to houses and they would, they would use it to, 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 to heal the sick. All because, man, there was, there was an anointing over, over that object. Now, now listen, I, I don't want you to misinform. I'm not saying that there's, there's power over objects. The power is God, right? The Holy Spirit who can speak through even the most unholy people. But when something is set apart for God, that, there's power in that. And so kings and priests, they were often anointed as well as they were set apart by God. So when, when, when it came to David, he was being uh, set apart for a specific cho- uh, purpose. He was chosen by God to be king of Israel. Jesus himself was set apart from the world. The name Christ, it comes from the Hebrew word uh, Brother Angel knows this because he was in my Christology class. It comes from the, the Hebrew word Meshiach, which is our English word Messiah. Christ and Messiah are the same thing. They mean anointed one. So Jesus was anointed for the specific task of redeeming the world. So when God places an anointing over your life, church, it tells us that we are called to something greater. It means that we were chosen to be set apart for a higher purpose. And so God... God's plans for you might be greater than the plans that the world might have for you. That is the anointing you were set apart. Now, why am I talking about anointing this morning? I'm talking about anointing because I believe that so many people at Numa Church, 
carry an anointing. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it in our young people. I know that there's, there's people in this very room that have been chosen by God for a, for a specific task that, that only has their name on it. And last week, you know, maybe some of that was confirmed for some of you. God, God called you by name. He's spoken to your future. He's spoken to your destiny, confirming your anointing. But here's a message that doesn't get preached a lot. And I want you to get this. If you're taking notes, your anointing is not necessarily the same thing as a manifestation of your calling. In other words, you can be set apart, but not in use yet for the thing that you were anointed for. Have you ever, you know, have you ever put together something that, that required instructions? The, not, not some, some of the men are like, nah, we throw those things away. I need them. I need them. Uh, a couple, couple months ago, I was assembling a dresser for, for Layla. It had like 12, 12 drawers. Man, it was, it was a mess. It was, it was it's this massive dresser, and it's from Ikea. So any, anything from Ikea, you need to you know, clear out your day, right? Uh, it came in like six boxes. I was like, oh, my Lord Jesus, help me. And, and it took me a solid three, four hours. Now, anytime you're about to assemble something, before you even get to step one, what does it tell you to do? It tells you to take all the contents out of the box, make sure you have all the pieces. There's nothing missing. This is what you're going to need to assemble it. You're going to need this tool. Make sure you have everything, all the parts, all the materials, everything ready to go. That's not a pointless step. It's there for efficiency. It's there for, so that by the time you get to step, I don't know, 73 in Ikea's case, you don't, you don't have to stop the project to go look for the thing that you thought you had. You don't have to run to the store, to Home Depot to buy a, a, a tool that you needed, but you didn't have. It's there for efficiency. Even though you set it apart in the beginning, you might not be using it in that moment. But the moment you need it is right there, ready to go. No time is wasted. Now last week, I, I know I keep going back to last week, but man, that was a, it was a powerful service. God gave a prophetic words, prophetic words. And man, brother angel, man, he's got such an incredible gift. And you know, he's, he's also, he's also like a down to earth person. I was hanging out with him. We, we went to lunch and I was like, bro, you're so, you're so approachable. You know, you, you have some people that, man, they're, they're, they're gifted by God, but they're like, uh, I'm too holy to hang out with you. I'm too holy to shake your hand. No, this guy, man, he's, he's a real, he's, he's funny. Right? He, I mean, he'll, he'll make you laugh. He's got jokes on jokes on jokes. And he's just, he's a really down to, uh, to earth person. But God spoke through him last week, just like, now I'm going back to the text, just like God spoke through the prophet Samuel. See, Samuel goes into Jesse's house. God says, I want you to go to Jesse's house because there you are going to find the next king. Jesse brings all of his sons, minus one to be presented in front of Samuel. And God tells Samuel, none of these are my next king. Wait for the one whom I to- who I tell you. Samuel says, okay, do you have any more sons? Jesse brings David. And immediately upon walking in, Samuel says, you are God's anointed. You are going to be the next king of Israel. Imagine that. You coming in from tending the sheep, you're all smelly, you're stinky, you smell like sheep. You're gonna be the next king. Now, I want to ask you a question. After this 
proclamation, after this prophecy, did David go to his room and pack his bags to be the king the next day? No, he did. What, what did he do? He went back to the sheep. He went back to, he went back to the sheep. He, now, some of us are like, you might think, because sometimes when, when God anoints us, it, when we get an anointing, we also get an ego with it a lot of times, right? And you might think, well, how am I, how am I going to be anointed by God, called to something greater, and then go back to the thing that I was doing before? Maybe it's because the thing that you were doing before was what caused God to look at you with favor to anoint you. Maybe it's because of your humility that God anointed you. It's because of your selflessness that God anointed you. Don't get all cocky now. David goes back to the sheep. The only difference now is he's ready for God's service at any moment. He's been set apart. I'm ready. Whenever God says go, I'm there. You know what I was thinking the other day, church? Some of us leave our anointing behind because we're not in use yet. We're just, we're just in the reserves. We're just, we're just waiting to be used. And, and, and you might think, God, I'm, how many, come on, be honest with yourself. You don't have to say amen, but be honest with yourself. How many of you have said, God, I'm too valuable not to be used? How many have how many of you told God, God, I've been waiting on my pastor to notice me. I've been waiting on my pastor to give me a ministry, to let me lead, to let me preach. Doesn't he see my talent? Why, why are you making me wait for it? I've seen too many people walk away from their anointing because they get impatient or they get frustrated or I don't know, something else. I used to have this conversation with, with some friends. Um, Pastor Danny might know, and, and Joel, and some other people that aren't here, but we used, to, we used to talk about, like, youth groups. And we would say, why, why do youth go to youth convention, and they come back all ready to serve God? They're ready to go to the mission field, man. They're all sold out. And then a week or two later, that fire dies, right? There's, it's like they're back to themselves. Well, why do they go to youth camp? And they come back, man, ready to conquer the world, ready to be used by God. Why, why does that fire die? Have you ever thought about that? You go to a beautiful event. Maybe, maybe it was Pentecost Sunday. You got on fire Pentecost Sunday. Come Friday, you're kind of like, oh, man, I, I kind of need a recharge. I'm feeling like my old self. Why does the fire die? Is it just an emotional high? Because we're given a word. We're, we're fed, we're filled. Maybe it's because we have to go back to tending the sheep. And our fire dies the moment we have to step back into the place that we thought we were leaving for something greater. Just because you've been anointed doesn't mean the season is ripe for what you've been anointed for. You might have to wait for it. You might have to let it season. Tell the person next to you, you're going to have to wait for it. You have to wait. You know, part of the reason I think last week's service was so amazing and, and refreshing is because God was, God was giving us real-time word. Man, we love that stuff. Do you see how many people came, came forward when he said, if you need a word, come over here and get it? Right? Hey, I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm, I, was, I was right there with you. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. <laughs> and and, and that, that gets us excited. God calls you out by name and he speaks into your, your life and, 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 and he tells you that there is a blessing there and you need that word because sometimes you feel like, man, unblessed. And he tells you there is there was a word, but I think that we desire these types of services because, you know, God has given us real time promises and he's reminding us that he's not forgotten about us and he's given us something to look forward to. But you know, what's not as exciting waiting for the manifestation of that word that was given. Nobody likes to wait. Everybody loves the day that the word was given. That's the day that we remember. I remember the day that I was spoken over my, these hands were spoken over. I remember it. I'm never going to forget it. And you can't forget those things because that's how we hold on to promises. But that's the thing that we, that we remember. That's the thing that we get excited about. That's the life-changing moment. I can't imagine David. Just imagine David, man, tending the sheep. He's, he's, he's not even being considered to be presented in front of the prophet, and yet the prophet wants to go and meet him. He's the least of his brothers. He's the one that tended the sheep, and he is God's anointed one. I bet dinner was so awkward that night. (laughs) David around his brothers, he was probably the only one smiling. (laughs) But I bet David held on to that. I bet you that was a life-changing moment for David. But you know how long it took David to become king? 15 years. 15 years. And, and the Bible takes us through, through this journey between his anointing and his inauguration. And everything in between, if you notice, there's an obstacle. There is an obstacle. Every, every, every step of the way, there is an obstacle. David is given this word of royalty, and then he goes back and he tends his sheep. And then the Bible says sometime later, he enters the service of King Saul. So even though he's supposed to become the king, he's, he's serving the king. Some of y'all say, well, don't think your anointing disqualifies you from, from serving. If anything, the anointing should prompt you to serve. I, I know that we got quite a bit of people last week who were, um, they were prophesied that, that they were going to be a pastor. How many future pastors do we have? Raise your hand. Y'all being shy. I know we got one, two. And I, I know we got a few kids that were, that were prophesied over. They're going to be future pastors. And, and you know what my first thought was? As a pastor, I was like, man, bro, good luck. <laughs> Sorry, my brother. Good luck because, because your, your, your service starts now. It starts now. When I got the confirmation that I was going to pastor, that God wanted me to pastor, it didn't, it didn't boost me up. It humbled me. Yeah. It humbled me. Because I knew that, that if I was, was going to lead a church, I had to serve it effectively to lead effectively. I couldn't just barge in saying, hey, we're going to change everything up. Pastor, Pastor Cantu, there's a new sheriff in town. I knew that I was going to have to, to serve. So, so if you've been set apart for anything, God wants to use you. 
your time of service begins now. A lot of times we want to, we're anointed and we want to go all the way to the top. You have to build your way up there. You know, Pastor Danny's word this morning, it, it aligned a lot with, with this one. Speaking of, he was speaking about, you know, God's gifting of the Holy Spirit. You know, you can be gifted in the Holy Spirit and not have a character that reflects the Holy Spirit. And so God, God wants to build both. He wants to build your gifting. He also wants to build your character. Because you could do mighty works with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but at the same time give the Holy Spirit a bad name with your character. And so there's, there, there's steps along the way of where God wants to get us to. We don't, we don't just catapult there. We have, to, we have to build it. And he said something, and, and then it, it, kind of, it kind of made me think, you know, when we ask for wisdom, have you ever, or I'm sorry, patience. Have you ever asked for patience? How does, that, how does God grant patience? Does he just, you know, patient potion, right? Is that, is that how it works? No, no. He, he gives you opportunities to build your patience. He gives you a test. That's what he does. When, when our kids, if you're a parent, if your kids come, they ask you for money. Sometimes you're going to say, I'm not going to just give you money. I'll give you some chores so that you can earn money. I'm not just going to give you something just because you want it. I'm going to make you work for it. I'm going to see if you can handle it. It's the same thing with anointing. There's a process to getting to where God has anointed us to. We also see David not just serving in, in, in Saul's service, we also see him confront Goliath. You're going to face some battles in your waiting period. After you were anointed, get ready. Because there's going to be battles that come your way. Lil B was given a uh, man. Lil B was given a word last week. He was gonna. He was given a word that he was gonna be the the next Latin the, the Latin Billy Graham. I started calling him Little Billy instead of Little B. Little Billy. <laughs> and and, and little Brandon, man, I, I don't know what your what your battles are gonna be, man. But there are gonna be some battles. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's stage presence. I don't know if it's fear. You know, it could be like, how am I gonna how am I gonna speak to the nations when when I'm too afraid to get up on stage and speak to five people? That might be your Goliath. I don't know what it is, but it's, there's gonna be something that comes your way. You have to be ready for it. You have to be ready for it, man. I, I was given a word from my daughter Layla, and when God and, and when Brother Angel said the word Layla without even knowing who I am, doesn't know my family, I was like, okay, God is speaking. And then God said, she's going to be a prophetic voice. He said, he said uh, she, she's going to be the Esther to her generation. And as a father, man, I was just brought to joy. I started crying. I started bawling like a baby. And then I got terrified. <laughs> I got terrified because I thought, what is my little girl going to go through to get there? What is she going to have to confront? What devils are going to try to post up in front of her to try to defeat her? I need to be praying over her because there's going to be a battle there. There is a battle after your anointing. There's going to be a Goliath who posts up in front of you. 
Because you know what? Whenever God sets you apart, the enemy is setting apart his artillery. He is setting apart his weaponry to destroy what God has spoken over your life. Get ready for that. And then, there's, there's, there's still more. And then we see David flee for his life because King Saul is trying to kill him. We see David alone and he's sleeping in caves all because Saul is jealous. The people that you thought were your friends. Can I tell you from experience? The people who you thought were your friends will become jealous of the anointing and your calling. They're going to talk, they're going to distance themselves from you. They might even talk about you behind your back to try to discredit your ministry. All of this comes after you've been set apart. Are you ready for that? I had to preach this message because, man, last week was so good, but you have to know what comes next. Are you ready? I know this isn't the message you wanted to hear after Pentecost Sunday, man, but I needed to speak it because, I mean, I've been in church, I've been in church all my life. If these walls could talk, they would tell you about little Ryan Seto running around, man. I've, I've been, I've, I've, I've seen the cycles of, of people's spiritual lives and, and my own spiritual lives. I've, I've heard people that I love, close friends, God speak tremendous things into their lives for those people just to abandon the anointing and their calling. Your anointing is too special for me not to preach this. Hold on to your anointing. Tell the person next to you, like, 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 like seriously, hold on to your anointing. Hold on to it. Brandon, hold on to your anointing, bro. Because, man, God, God is going to do something. He's going to send you out. And that, that already makes me proud as a pastor of Newman Church. Little Latin Billy came from Newman Church. Isra and, 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 and Abi, man, they were given a word too. They're going to be the next Latin Lecrae. But you got to hold on to the anointing. Can, can I just speak to the young people real quick? Because you guys... Listen, you guys are, I know this is awkward, okay? It's like I'm getting after you. I'm not getting after you. You guys are young. There is still a lot of mistakes you're going to make. I say this because I love y'all. Y'all are knuckleheads right now. Right? I mean, every, every teenager's a knucklehead, right? You're going to do things carelessly. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make friends that might not want to see you uh, being used by God. And they might try to, to distract you. You might get, I'm going to get personal. You might get boyfriends or girlfriends that might not want the best for your God-given calling. And that's gonna, that might take you away for a little bit. I need, I need you to remember this from Pastor Ryan. Hold on to your anointing. Hold on to it. Because it is too precious to abandon. I've seen people drop it. People with tremendous callings leave their anointing behind because they didn't want to wait for it. Because the anointing didn't immediately come with the title. It didn't immediately come with the status. It was met with pain. It was met with suffering. It was met with loneliness. But hold on to your anointing. 
Brother Angel, come up, man. <clears throat> we don't hear service, uh, sermons a lot about, about anointing anymore. I, don't, I haven't heard, I don't hear many sermons on anointing. I, I don't know if it's because we think that it's, it sounds old school. I don't know. Anointing of God, right? Unción, right? I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is, but it's like my generation doesn't care to be anointed as long as we're talented. As long as we're creative, as long as we're educated, as long as we're intelligent. Those things are great. The Bible speaks good things about, about skillfulness and preparedness, but, but they don't replace a good old-fashioned anointing. An anointing will get you there. It'll get you to the, to the place that God wants you to be on. Talent can get you high places as well, but it's not the place that God wants you on. God set you apart specifically for a mountaintop that he wants to place you on. Nothing, nothing will replace the anointing. Don't neglect it. That's what God sees more than anything else. God sees more than your talent, more than, more than your creativity. He, he sees your anointing. That is what separates us. Church, we can have the, listen, we, we can have the best lights. We can have the best production, the best sound equipment, the best everything, but no anointing. What separates us from the world? Because they can do the same things. Preachers can speak well and dynamically and hit all the right emotions and the ethos and the pathos, but there is, if there's no anointing, they're just a good public speaker. Take care of your anointed church, even, even when it hasn't manifested yet. Even when you're not yet operating in the calling, hold on to your anointing because it's coming. King David wasn't a king yet. He was a shepherd. I'm going to have the rest of the worship team come up. I, I, want you to, I want you to listen to this. I want you to get this. King David wasn't a king when he was anointed. He was a shepherd boy. Jesus was anointed before he started doing miracles. Before he conquered death. Before he stepped into his calling, he had to first step into the world. Before the Levites, if you know the story about the Levites, before they were anointed into the priesthood of God, Levi, the son of Jacob, was cursed. God doesn't set apart people because of their greatness. He sets apart the lowly for his greatness. And that is so humbling because it tells us that even though I am flawed, even though I am defected, even, even though there's people that could probably minister better than I can, talk better than I can, more people who are cr- more creative than I am, God chose me. Hold on to your anointing. Hold on to your anointing. I'm going to ask us to stand this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, you have seen us with favor, Father. You have placed a calling over our lives, my God. 
You've placed an anointing over my life. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes this morning. If there's any, anyone in the room, if there's anyone in the room and you know without a doubt, God has set you apart for something, I don't know what it is, but you know that God has set you apart for something, raise your hand. I just want you to raise your hand. If that's you, don't, don't be shy. If you know that God has called you for something, raise your hand. I want to, I want to say a special prayer for you. Keep holding it high. If that's you this morning. I want us to make a commitment to God. Because he has, he has seen you to set you apart. Sometimes we need to see ourselves to set ourselves apart from the world so that God can manifest himself in us. I want us to make a commitment this morning to go through the service, to go through the battles, and to go through the loneliness, and to do whatever it takes to get to the other side. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to come up. If you want to make that commitment and you say, God, I am, I am, I am consecrating myself for you, my God. Even though I know it's going to come with hardship, I, even though I know it's going to come with battles and loneliness, my God, I am, I am setting myself apart for you, my God. I am saying yes to your calling. I am saying yes to what I've been set apart for. Come on, if that's you, just come, just step forward. This, this is just, this is just you and God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.